And now Radio Maria England presents Questions of Faith. If I ever get to heaven, you know I got a long list of questions. Like how do you make a snowflake? Are you angry when the earthquakes? How does the sky change in a minute? How do you keep this big rock spinning? Why can't you stop a car from crashing? Hello, everyone. I'm Father Sam Reddle. I'm priest director of Radio Maria England, and I will be one of your co-hosts today for questions of faith with me in the studio very unusually because uh, sister gemma has been here doing um uh, she's doing a lovely program for us on ignatian spirituality one of her many specialisms i have sister gemma with she has been jiving uh, to the music i don't know what we were listening to just before but uh, it made sister gemma swing so that's great and so uh, we've got sister gemma as one of the co-hosts it's sister gemma and i now we're going to be answering your questions about faith the Catholic Church, social issues, and any other topics that might come up and you have asked. Welcome, Sister Gemma. Isn't it nice to be in the studio together? It's lovely to be in the studio and happy Lent, my goodness. Here we are preparing for Easter. How exciting is that? Great. We shan't ask you what um, what fastings and things you've given up. Well, I've, I've tried to give up being bad, but that's proving to be quite difficult, really. Um. Did you see the list of things that uh, Pope Francis um, said we should give up? Wonderful. It, what a list. Absolutely. It's a lovely, lovely list. Yeah. And you remind me that I meant to photocopy it and bring it with me. Um, uh, I, um, during the next music break, I'll yeah. slip out and get it. That would be because great. It's because it's worth reading. I put it on fantastic. my phone. Fantastic. Yeah. We are so blessed to have such a wonderful um, Pope. We surely are. Yeah, I'm so glad. I, it's wonderful to be a Catholic now. So if you want to share your questions with us, you could email us at questions at radiomariaengland.uk. That's questions at radiomariaengland.uk. You can also text, call or WhatsApp us at 07502385010. That's 07502385010. I have to keep reading this. I learnt yesterday that um, uh, sarin, I was poisoned by sarin in the Gulf War. And one of the, one of the outcomes of all of that is uh, poor memory and insomnia. So I've definitely had that. So, yeah, so it's 07502385010. So, but now let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's a prayer for wisdom that I use for this, and it's based on prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas. Come, Holy Spirit, divine creator, true source of light and fountain of wisdom, may you pour forth your brilliance upon our intellects, dissipate any darkness which covers us, the darkness of sin and of ignorance. Grant us penetrating mind to understand, the lucidity to comprehend, and abundant grace, may you guide our deliberations and direct our conversation. This we ask through Jesus Christ, true God and true man, living and reigning with you and the Father forever and ever. Amen. So, as Sister Gemma reminded us, we've begun Lent. 
and we're pleased to be answering so many questions about Lent on today's uh, episode. There seems to be a lot of confusion over what some have described are the rules uh, of Lent and what it has been described as a sad and gloomy season of the church. Um, we'll all be reminded that it was during Lent last year that our first lockdown occurred and many of us were not prepared and quite a few were frightened by all of this. With public worship services banned, uh, many were like animals scurrying away to our burrows for protection and disconnecting with the world, sort of hiding away. And this year is a bit similar, except we're perhaps more prepared. And we're certainly more prepared, I think, technically, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 There have been blessings in all of this. There have been opportunities as well as threats, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, we might have seen more of some of our family because we can see them on Skype and Zoom. I've certainly seen more of my brothers on Zoom than I ever see normally. I think they go. wonder if they really, it was a good idea to have their sister having a chance once a week to tell them how to live their lives. But hey. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, many people set up voluntary, uh, volunteer community groups and churches have turned to the Internet to support others uh, in, their, their, in their journey, both um, psychologically and spiritually. And I think Lent can be a season of expectation, anticipation and renewal. What do you think? Is it is it the sad and gloomy season that we hang on until we get the chocolate eggs? Absolutely not. And I think it's helpful to remember that the word Easter in English comes from the Anglo-Saxon word for spring. And Lent is the time for spring cleaning. And although for many of us, oh, that's a bit of a bore and a chore and, you know, let's get down the long brushes and brush away the cobwebs and things. Actually, when you do spring cleaning, when you have a bit of a clear out, oh, it just feels so much better. You feel you've got more space, you can breathe, you know, your, your whole environment feels freer and more open. And that's what Lent is meant to be about, helping us to prepare to do an inner spring clean to welcome Jesus, the risen Jesus, into our lives. So Lent is cathartic it spiritually. Is. Beautiful. So uh, that's wonderful. And so, yes, don't be sad and gloomy. I mean, it's a lot of it. It's all about journey. I think people get all excited about where they're going but enjoy the journey absolutely and please do come and listen to me in my program praying with ignatius because that's all about pilgrimage and journey and journeying with jesus uh, to greater inner freedom so it's a great way to go yeah it's not a bad thing it's wonderful enjoy the journey thank you sister Gemma. so to our first question this is our first question do we really need to fast this year during lent Aren't lockdown and the burdens we've had this year enough already? Wow, that's wow. a fairly heavy question. That's a heavy question. And I think, A, it suggests that, you know, fasting is a miserable thing or a self-punishing thing. And Lent is absolutely not about self-punishment. And um, penitence and repentance and penitential practices are not about self-punishment. They're about self-liberation or about asking God to liberate us from toxic habits, ways of being that are not helpful to us. And earlier on in the programme, Father Sam um, was talking about Pope Francis's words about fasting. And this is what Pope Francis has to say. Do you want to fast this Lent? Then fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. 
fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Mm. Fast from worries and have trust in God. <coughs> fast from complaints, contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness, fill your hearts with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words, be silent and listen. That is so, Isn't so beautiful. that fantastic? And yeah. it's certainly true that sometimes just having a little bit of penance in our lives, um, you know, whether it's giving up chocolate or, or alcohol or whatever it is, it's just a little physical reminder. It's a reminder that goes deep into our own bodies that we are trying to open our hearts and our lives to God and to be freed from compulsions and things that actually drive us in a way that is not healthy and not helpful. But equally, um, you know, taking something up, taking up a positive practice is a really important thing. And if the thought of giving things up for Lent is getting you down, well, take something up instead and make it a positive and life-giving practice. The Lord tells us to anoint our face and look joyful. Absolutely. Um, take up dancing for Lent. How's about that? I was having a little go here. Difficult. Well, yeah, but, you know, the, the music was playing before when oh, we I were see. listening to things. And I was just having a little rock and roll here in my chair. You know, I thought I was thinking about doing a tango. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think social distancing. No, not, allows not it. good. I'm afraid it's it's going to have to be fall a, on the floor. A, not a pas de deux, but a pas de un. <laughs> very <laughs> funny. That's very yeah. clever, Sister yeah, Gemma. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, but you could do other things. Why not take something up uh, rather than uh, just and, give something you know up. things like when you go to the supermarket each time you go shopping, buy one thing that can go into the uh, basket for the yeah. local food bank. You know, it doesn't have to be something massively expensive, um, you know, a, a tin of something that can be used by someone who really is going short of food. I mean, that's a way of fasting. You know, you're taking that amount of money away from your own shopping to give it to someone else. Um, it kills two Lenten birds in one stone, in fact, because um, fasting and prayer and almsgiving. So, you know, there's if you if you take some money that you would buy some goodies for yourself and give it to the food bank and say a little prayer for whoever gets to eat this. You're covering all the three Lenten obligations in one go. How about that? And remember, it's all about love. It is. Yeah. It, um, I think we get the wrong view of God. Yes. Uh, in sort of thinking he's waiting for us to discipline us. To and, pounce. And, yeah, to like pounce. Like the big divine policeman. Absolutely it, we not. We are invited into a divine loving relationship. Surely. And uh, we, we make sacrifices naturally, joyfully for the people we love. And uh, it's a response of love, for yeah, love, to absolutely. love. So, yeah, enjoy Lent. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Thank you very much, Sister Gemma. So we're going to um, have a short break for some music and the music is Better Is One Day, performed by the Daughters of St Paul.
Hello, you are listening to Radio Mirror England, and that was Better Is One Day, and it's been performed by the Daughters of St. Paul. You're listening to Questions of Faith. I'm Father Sam Randall, and I'm here with Sister Gemma Simmons. Sister Gemma, you've got very strong views on music, I think. Is that fair to say? It is very fair to say. I okay. have very strong views on music. Yeah. Did you like that? I loved it. I thought it was beautiful, and, of course, I have also very strong views about religious sisters and particularly the Daughters of St Paul who do such a fantastic work all around the world. They were actually, they're quite unusual because they were founded, their their mission uh, of their foundation is to, to preach and, and propagate the word of God through radio and TV and the media and books and they run fantastic bookshops. To my great heartbreak, their wonderful, wonderful um, shop in London uh, is closing shortly. Um, you know, like everybody else, like every other bookseller, they've got to contend with the fact that most people are buying books online now. But they have a wonderful online business and you really can buy the most fantastic Catholic resources from Pauline Books and, and Media. And the Daughters of St Paul that I know are just the most amazing women who are so gifted and dedicated. They've actually published a number of books that I've written, so I feel very, very chuffed with them. But they have done such beautiful work um, in producing lovely books for prayer and they're just great women. So a big thumbs up to that song and to those sisters, the Daughters of St Paul. And we're sure they're the same thing. Absolutely. Wow. I'm impressed. I just thought they were a music group. Oh, I don't think so. I think if it says the Daughters of St Paul, yeah, it does. it's going to be the Daughters of St Paul. And uh, sisters have made lots <laughs> of CDs and uh, recordings, including the wonderful sisters, uh, the Poor Claire sisters in Arundel. Oh, yeah. And I know that you've played tracks from them. That is beautiful. So, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we need to pray for them, though, don't we? We surely do, and they pray for us. Uh, is that the shop by Saint uh, outside the the church there? By well, is it there's Westminster, a St Paul's outside bookshop Westminster Cathedral. outside Westminster Cathedral, and that is actually run by the male branch of the order. The ah. sisters had a wonderful shop in Kensington, which was very near Heathrop College, which was the Jesuit-founded theological and philosophical college in the University of London, which very, very sadly for the church and the world closed in 2018. But it uh, it goes on um, under a different flag and a different name under Jesuit guidance and the amazing, amazing Heathrop Theological Library, which is the biggest and best theological collection in the country, is still available to people for use. So that's a great thing to know and a great resource for for people um, thinking theological and philosophical thoughts. It's great. I know because I'm a graduate. Well, there you go. And it's great. I know because I'm a graduate and I used to teach there. Right. You know, it's very exciting. I never got a chance to teach you, though. No, I did a postgraduate course there. Yeah, you'd have been the naughty boy sitting in the back of the class, wouldn't you? No, I'm the person who's (laughs) collecting postgraduate degrees. And I did one there in uh, Jewish Christian studies. Right. With John McDade. Ah, yes. Yeah, that was fantastic. And uh, there was some really, really... We had a wonderful degree in Abrahamic religions, which was Judaism. Islam, Islam and Christianity 
taught together by Jewish, Islamic and Christian scholars. And it was just a great degree course. It really was. It's wonderful. Yeah, I was I think I was doing I was in the army then when right. I did that. Yeah, right. That's when I got poisoned. Well, not by us. Not I by you. Say. No, no, somebody else. I'm not saying someone how. Else. It was all an accident. Some anyway. enemy hath done this. Uh, well, it was totally accidental. <laughs> but anyway. So back to uh, what we're talking about, questions of faith. If you'd like to share your questions with us, you can do that on email at questions at radiomirrorengland.uk. You can also text, call or WhatsApp us at 07502385010. That's 07502385010. And this show is available as a podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all other podcast services. You need to search for Radio Mirror England and you'll find some of our shows available for you to listen to whenever you need or want. And you could uh, subscribe to get all the latest programmes from Radio Mirror England. But now to our next question. Someone has asked, could you suggest, please, some ways to be more prayerful this Lenten season with my parish closed to everything but mass, I don't know where to begin. Oh, well, I mean, there are, I don't know about you, but I have been so overwhelmed by um, messages coming through, you know, on my phone or on the Internet saying, here's a Lenten course, here's some Lenten yeah. prayer. I mean, honestly, if I did them, uh, all of them, I would do nothing but sit glued to the screen uh, praying for the whole of Lent. So, yes, there are wonderful opportunities. I would like to say that uh, online you've got probably my favourite um, podcast, which is called Pray As You Go. OK, I know. Um, I was one of the people who actually worked on Pray As You Go when we first got it launched, oh, years ago now. And at the time, we just started it for Lent. And by the time we got to the end of Lent, we realised we had to keep going because so many people mm. were down downloading the material and um, it's kind of 10 minutes of reflective prayer with a little bit of music and a it's sense beautiful. that you're praying in a community so you don't get the sense you're praying on your own and we actually did a questionnaire um, after the the first year that we launched this to ask people when they listened to this and most of them said they did it when they were walking their dog so there were a lot of catholic dogs out there we reckon <laughs> a lot of prayerful dogs um another wonderful site is an irish site called sacred space and that also has lovely lovely reflective material um there is a a whole gosh it's not just a website it's an entire industry out there on uh, Ignatian spirituality, and if you if you look if you just write the word Ignatian spirituality, you come across a really lovely website run uh, by the Jesuits in America. But of course, we've got many monastic communities, and a wonderful thing is to join the monks or nuns of a monastery for um, morning prayer or evening prayer. I know that the monks of Glenstall in Ireland have a whole uh, online program. As to the monks of Pluscadon in Scotland, <clears throat> but there are many monastic communities with whom you can pray the prayer of the church. But I think one of the most important things in Lent is to pray the Stations of the Cross. And I think it's worth us remembering that the Stations of the Cross were a way of praying that were devised by lay people for lay people. And they were devised at a time when it was no longer possible, physically possible, to go on a journey, to go to the Holy Land. And so they made that pilgrim journey of the Holy Land 
inside their own church. And we can do this. There are lots of websites and books that give you the pictures of the Holy Land, uh, that give you the pictures of the stations so that you can make the stations in your own house or maybe around your own garden or when you're on a walk. Just take a couple of the stations with you or take the whole of the stations and make that pilgrim journey to the cross with Jesus. The stations of the cross are a wonderful way of making that pilgrimage with Jesus and they are a way of praying devised by lay people for lay people at a time when it was no longer possible to travel. Doesn't that feel familiar? It does indeed. So I think that's a good way to pray in Lent. Um, we can help you with your Stations of the Cross. Helena, our producer, is going to tell you uh, news about what we're doing for Stations of the oh, Cross. Oh, great. Yeah, so we have been able to partner up with, I believe, one, two, three, four, five, six, six different Catholic charities to bring and broadcast their version of the Stations of the Cross. Mm. Each week we'll have a different organization in the spotlight as well as their texts that they've pre uh, that they prepared. And we have volunteers reading from that. This week is CAFOD, Catholic Agency for Overseas Development. Next week we have St. Vincent de Paul Society's Stations of the Cross. Following mm. week, Aid to the Church in Need. Following that, Justice and Peace Group. Following that, Stella Morris or Apostleship of the Sea. And then we also have uh, Stations of the Cross from Missio. And then we finish our Stations of the Cross on Radio Maria England with the Newman Stations of the Cross. These will be available as a podcast, so you can listen to it any of time. To listen on the radio, though, please tune in uh, weekly on Sunday at 2 a.m., Monday at 2 p.m., Wednesday at 4 p.m., Thursday at 12.30 a.m., Friday at 5 a.m., Friday at 1.30 p.m., and 8 p.m. on Fridays, and then Saturdays at 11 a.m. Again, to find out this schedule, as well, of how, as well as how to listen to it as a podcast, we also have the text itself, so you could follow along as well. All this can be found on our website at radiomariaengland.uk, Programs, Lent 2021. Thank you, Helena. So, um, yes, you could pray with Radio Maria England. Now, we've got other times to pray. Of course, we do uh, Lords and Vespers, uh, midday prayer. Compline's coming up as well. That's going to be put into our schedule. And you can join in with those as well. But also we've got midday prayer. We call it, um, there's also Holy Hour. And uh, so look on our schedule and you can join in the prayers. I recommend if you're wanting to have the text, we do use uh, the text of Universalis. We've got a special partnership with Universalis. And there you can get that on, on, on the computer. Download that on your phone or computer. Or the Magnificat uh, is good stuff. And we're working with a partnership uh, with Magnificat. And, um, yes, I wanted to ask you, Sister Jem, what is a Catholic dog? Uh, a Catholic dog, I think, is a dog who gets prayed over and prayed with and who leads their human friend to prayer. That is beautiful. How about that? Thank goodness. That's a better answer than saying a poodle. I, d I didn't want to say a poodle no. or a chihuahua. No, they're not Catholic dogs. No, I love that. I, dogs, yeah, though. I've had a very lovely uh, prayerful dog, a golden retriever. He yeah. was very Catholic and yeah. very 
very uh, led you to prayer. He did lead me to prayer. And of course, I have to mention him because I try to mention him every week that I'm on this program. My favourite saint, Saint Ginfort, yes. who was in fact a dog. Yes, it's marvellous. Thank you for that. Yeah, and there are other sites. Uh, I like formed. I, I mean, I quite enjoy theology, so I quite like Robert Barron. Okay. And his site. I right. like that. <laughs> You're allowed. And St. Augustine's Centre's pretty good. I like that as well. Anyway, so there you are. We hope we've given you some ideas uh, uh, for helping your prayer life. It is an opportunity, time aside. Um, the lockdown, of course, is annoying and frustrating, but you could use it to improve your prayer life. And also, you know, there's nothing to stop anybody from doing a little bit of spiritual reading, you know, yep. even if it's just quarter of an hour um, of actually getting out one of those spiritual books. And again, we've got lots of spiritual books to recommend. There are lovely readings also every day in the Divine Office as well, just tiny little extracts that give us something to read and kind of chew over. Um you know, while you're doing the washing up or while you're putting the laundry into the into the washing machine or whatever to do a little bit of reflecting on that. That's a great thing to do. Our next question is Lent focused as well. No surprise there. And it's also about giving up. And it's why do we have the rule about fasting, giving up meat for Lent? What's wrong with meat? Ooh, OK. Well, those are two kind of separate questions in a sense, really. Yeah. And the one about fasting from meat is really because meat, of course, in the Middle Ages um, and in the early part of the church was a luxury food. Uh, most people, you know, didn't have the, the means of, of keeping meat fresh and meat was expensive. And so it was the it was the food of okay. festive times. And therefore, people gave up meat as a way of reminding themselves that this was not a festive time. This was a way of sorrowing, as it were, with Jesus. But it, it's a, a much bigger question about why people give up meat anyway. I mean, we know that increasing numbers of people are in fact becoming vegetarian and vegan. And um, I'm a meat eater myself, I have to admit, and I enjoy tucking into meat occasionally. But as a community, we also have... Um, we have decided not to eat meat twice a week and there's uh, increasing conversation about whether we should go more vegetarian than we are already. And that's about the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, we know very well that the world mass production of meat is one of the single greatest contributors to global warming. And therefore, um, you know, the whole question of cutting down on meat eating is a question that we have to think about with regard to our responsibility for the environment. So if you go onto a website of um, uh, justice and peace uh, movements or CAFOD or anyone like that, or Greenpeace or Operation NOAA, um, any of the Christian uh, ecological websites, you will find discussions about meat eating and about becoming more vegetarian. So they're not the same thing because giving up uh, meat in Lent is not about vegetarianism, but it is connected with trying to opt and choose to make a more just and fair world. And the way that the climate is operating at the moment that impacts most appallingly on the poor. Yeah. And therefore, it's part of our commitment to make an option for the poor. 
It's a justice issue. It's a justice issue. Um, we ought to r- remind our listeners that um, all this thing about fasting, there are moments during this period where we can celebrate. And there's three feast days coming up. St. David's Day. Yes. As a Welsh St- woman, I very much okay. approve of that. St. Patrick's Day. Yes. And the Feast of the Annunciation. Well, the Feast of the Annunciation is a complete blast. So Absolutely. that's going to be and the day. Sundays. Well, Sundays, of course, as well, yes, because certainly in my family, you know, it was very strict that Lent was 40 days. And in fact, you took the Sundays out because they counted as extra to the 40s. So 40 was a day when you had a little kind of island of being able to kind of relax a bit. So my mother used to say uh, there was always a lot of debate in the family as to whether that was actually fair or not. And do you as a community um, have meat on those days during this period? Uh, on a Sunday, yes, we would, yeah. but not on a Friday. No, but... Uh, and, and not on, on a Wednesday. What if um, a feast day falls on a Friday? If a feast day fell on the Friday, like the Feast of the Annunciation, um, the birth of Jesus Christ into the world trumps everything. Amen. So we Hallelujah. would have meat and chocolate and wine and okay. anything else we wanted on that day. We might make up for it on another day. Yeah. All right. So the the other part of the question was, what's wrong with meat? Now, that might just apply generally, like Fridays. You know, you mentioned Fridays. So sure. it's a Catholic tradition. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 a particularly a tradition on a Friday to remind us that, you know, it was a Friday that Jesus died for us. And just to kind of get a bit more of a sense in our own bodies. I'm a great person for praying with our bodies. You know, whenever I've been to Africa, it's been a fabulous thing to see our friends, our brothers and sisters in Africa. You know, they dance on the spot in church. They can't keep still. And when they're praying in the mass and things, they're praying with their whole body. And fasting is a way also of praying in and with your body to remind ourselves of the sacrifice that Jesus made to show us how precious we were in his sight. So fasting from meat or from chocolate or from alcohol or from bread or whatever it is, if you can decide there's something I would like to give up to remind myself of the price that Jesus paid for me personally on a Friday, that's a great thing. Beautiful. I mean, one of the issues is isn't that we think physical things are uh, not spiritual. And we confuse these things. We, we think this do is like spiritual things. We that, do you know, indeed. But, yeah. you know, I've known people who've decided for Lent to go on a fast from Facebook or YouTube. Ah. Or, you know, they've got decided to go on a, um, a media fast. And, yeah. of course, that doesn't include Radio Maria England. Never. You do understand. No. Never. But... Actually, to fast from being online the whole time, especially those of us who are having to work with Zoom a great deal, and to allow ourselves that that sacred space, that's also a great fast. Yeah. And uh, you could think of other things you could give up. I mean, Netflix, some people are addicted. Yeah, yeah. Conversations, just sort of have periods of silence. Well, also, I I think, you know, that uh, I read earlier on a list of things that are attributed to Pope Francis. Um, We know that Pope Francis has said rather similar things. We're not sure that he actually said all those things in one go. We think they've probably been edited a bit, but they come from many of the things he said in his uh, Lenten sermons. And they're about being careful of how we use speech, you know, fasting from critical speech. And that includes, I would like to say, fasting from being critical about ourselves. So many people spend 
hours of every day in a kind of inner monologue in their heads, being critical, mm. being down on themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is not the way God speaks to us. That is not the way I think God would like us to speak to ourselves. So when we catch ourselves saying, oh, you idiot, and that kind of thing, we just stop and just remind ourselves instead, you may be an idiot, but you're God's idiot and oh, he man. loves you. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a way of praying and it's a way of fasting from toxic habits. Yeah. So and remember to take up kindnesses and, yeah. and goodness. Yeah. So you are listening to Radio Maria England. We bring you food for your soul. Absolutely. And we're going to take a short music break now and listen to something called Transfigure Us, O Lord, performed by Bob Hurd. Transfigure us, O Lord, transfigure us, O Lord. Break the chains that bind us, speak your healing word. And where you lead, we'll follow, transfigure us, O Lord. Down from heights of glory, into the depths below the love of god self-emptied the love of god to show you light the path before us the way that we must go transfigure us o lord transfigure us o Glad tidings for the humble, the healing of all is. In these we glimpse your glory, God's promises fulfilled. Transfigure us, O Lord, transfigure us, O Lord. Break the chains that bind us. Speak your healing word, and where you lead will follow, transfigure us, O Lord. To the holy city, Jerusalem, you go, your face set toward the ending, the cross to be your throne. Transfigure us, O Lord, transfigure us, O Lord. 
You're listening to Radio Mirror England, and that was Transfigurus, O Lord. It was being performed by Bob Hurd. This programme's Questions of Faith. I'm Father Sam Randall, and I'm here with Sister Gemma Simmons. If you'd like to share any questions with us, you can email us at questions at radiomirrorengland.uk. You could also text, call or WhatsApp us at 07502 and the show's available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast services. And now our um, next question is might be our last question because it's quite a, an involved one, quite a big one. It comes from a, a young First Communion candidate, but it's actually a question I think his whole family, I know the, the young family involved, of asking this. And the question is, Sister Gemma, why is God so angry in the Old Testament? Is God still angry today? And I think you might be thinking about um, issues in the Old Testament like Noah and the flood, the burning of towns, plagues in Egypt. Um, think of, yes, uh, even just the uh, um, going into, into the Holy Land by the Israelites and de destroying the Amalekites and all the people and their cattle and everything, everything that is theirs. And so is God still angry? And then I guess, too, the young person might be thinking about COVID and what's going on. Is Absolutely. It, is God angry? And this is a huge question. And, you know, to the young person who, who sent in this question, you know, you have asked a really, really uh, crucial and very clever theological question. It's a yep. question that has troubled many, many people. So well done you for asking it. Um, and I think we've got to look at a couple of things here. First of all, the Old Testament was written in a given time, in a given culture. We don't write things out of nowhere. We write things out of what people are currently thinking and where we're um, influenced by cultural thinking. And one of the things that they were trying to say when they wrote these stories, and of course they are stories, some of them have some kind of historical um, anchorage, but some of them are myths that were written. A myth is not a lie. A myth is a story that contains a truth. And I think what they wanted was to Acclaim, proclaim two truths, one of which was the truth of God's favour for a particular people in a time and place which had come to an understanding of God, which was a much 
closer understanding to who God truly is than many of their neighbours. Um, the people who elaborated and wrote the Old Testament were living among people who, you know, burnt their children alive and, and made human sacrifices because they thought that's what God wanted. And these people, the Israelites, were trying to work out in their heads, well, God isn't really like that, and try and work out who God really was. But this God was also trying to teach the people the difference between right and wrong. And therefore, the story of Noah and the plagues and all of that, those are stories really about God saying there's something about injustice that is absolutely alien to who I am, to me. And we have to remember that the whole story of the plagues in Egypt, the plagues were sent against a people who thrived and flourished because of slavery. Now, that's a very big topic today, as you know. Lots of people are asking, well, what about the British Empire? And what about many of our institutions which got very rich because we enslaved the peoples of Africa and subjected them to terrible torture and injustice? So those stories in the Bible, they're stories about God's anger against injustice, God saying, you cannot treat my beautiful creatures like this. You cannot treat my beautiful creation like this. Um, it's not only an insult to me, it's an insult to yourselves. And it's a denial of everything I made the world for. So sometimes I think it's good for us to look at those stories of God's anger but I think we also have to look at other things in the Old Testament. So there's a wonderful bit. Uh, it's, um, it's a lament by um, a king called Hezekiah. And um, in that lament, he talks about God having thrown all our sins behind his back. And I think when yeah, you sure. throw a thing behind your back, the point is you can't see where it lands. <laughs> so, you know, it's trying to tell us something about God is not a vengeful God. God throws our sins where God can't see them anymore. And there are so many beautiful, beautiful passages in the Old Testament. It says at one point, as far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove our sins. Well, let's think about how far is the east from the west? Well, it's infinitely far. It's, it's the total opposite. And that's as far as God removes our sins. Sometimes people want to punish others. And I remember, you're too young to remember this, but when we had the AIDS pandemic, the HIV AIDS pandemic, and thousands of people were dying, there were lots of people, Christian people, who were going on the radio and in public saying, this is God's punishment to homosexuals because they're all sinners. And I found that really heartbreaking and sad. God does not punish people. God not, does not punish people for who they are. And God does not punish people for their sins in that respect. And in the same way, people are wanting to use COVID to say, well, this is God's punishment. No, God is suffering in COVID. God is suffering with HIV AIDS and God is suffering in every human being who is suffering on the face of this earth. And we are called by Pope Francis to touch the suffering flesh of Christ in others. Yeah. 
So the call for us, you know, is not to be vengeful or to spread the idea of a vengeful God, but a God of mercy and compassion. And certainly in that respect, I think there is a positive view of the angry bits in the Bible, which is about God being opposed to evil. There is such a thing as what we call social sin, sin that is built into systems. And that's also something that God invites us to stand against. But um, we don't have a vengeful God in the Bible. No. Um, Isaiah 58 reminds us we've been talking about Lenten fasts and Isaiah 58 reminds us the sort of fast that the Lord's looking for. And it isn't about uh, just religious things. It's about the, let the oppressed go free. I, I break unjust, unjust fetters and the thongs of the yoke. Uh, break every yoke to share your bread with the hungry, shelter the homeless, poor, clothe the man uh, you see to be naked and so on. And of course, that's picked up by Jesus in Matthew 25. But keep asking the questions, too. Yeah, that was a great question. I, I, I mean, the Psalms are full of it. Don't be worried. The Bible is this sort of book. I mean, it, it can be misused and has been. In fact, your question made me think about Cromwell and his behaviour in Ireland. He used the text of the cleansing of the uh, from the from the Old Testament, the cleansing of the, of the promised land to justify the way he treated Irish Catholics. So we need to be careful. The Bible is a wonderful book. It shows uh, all sorts of human emotions, and um, but it's got to be treated rightly. And this message of the Lord of love, of uh, a Lord of compassion, a Lord of liberation, just think about that wonderful uh, text with Jesus in, in the Nazareth synagogue. This is the message of Christ, liberation for all the oppressed, um, letting them go free. And that's that's what God wants for us all. He is not. God is not an angry God and he's not sending plagues like covid. This is not what the Lord does. If you want to know where God is, you go to the, the people who are caring for those who are sick, those who are, are trying to find treatments, those in the hospital who are spending time, um, or the nursing staff. Where is God? There is God. Absolutely. And God is delivering food to your home yep. uh, with our lorry drivers and all our people working in the food supply and the chains and all the people who are just keeping life going in whatever way they can. Yeah. So I hope that I hope that was helpful, uh, helpful to you. So thank you, Sister Gemma, for being with me here today for Questions of Faith. As always, Father Sam, it was my pleasure. And I do encourage our listeners to send Radio Maria England questions for our weekly show for Questions of Faith. If you have a question that you'd like to ask, please email those questions to questions at radiomaria.org. Oh, sorry. Questions at radiomariaengland.uk. You may also text, call or WhatsApp us at 07502-385-010. Thank you, Sister Gemma. If you've missed any of this broadcast, we do rebroadcast Questions of Faith. It's on Sundays in the afternoon at four and Mondays in the evening at nine. And for any shift workers or those awake and Thursday at 2 a.m. in the morning. So please do join us next week alive on Friday at 11 a.m. But for now, Sister Gemma, could you lead us out in prayer? I surely will. And this is a prayer written by St. Francis of Assisi. 
Most high and glorious God, give light to the darkness of our hearts. Give us right faith, certain hope and perfect charity. Lord, give us insight and wisdom that we might always discern your holy and true will. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Do you know Ed Kessler? If I ever get to heaven, you know I got a long list of questions Like how do you make a snowflake? Are you angry when the earthquakes? How does the sky change in a minute? How do you keep this big rock spinning? Why can't you stop a car from crashing? 